This episode of the Coin Week podcast is brought to you by PCGS. As the year wraps up, be sure to take advantage of the PCGS quarterly grading special, where you get free secure service when you select the TrueView option with your orders. Visit www.pcgs.com to learn more. Chris Costello is not only a U.S. Mint Artist Infusion Program coin designer, but is also the creator of the Papyrus font, which he developed shortly after completing his undergraduate work in 1982. A recent Saturday Night Live skit has thrust Chris into the media spotlight. Next on the Coin Week podcast, I talk to Chris about coin design, the importance of typography on coins, his recent brush with fame, and his reaction to a vocal minority of people that have spoken out against the 225th anniversary gold coin from the U.S. Mint, a coin that bears his reverse design. Hi, Chris. Thanks for joining me on the Coin Week podcast. Uh, thanks, Charles. Great to be here. So I guess you never expected the whirlwind of media attention that resulted from Ryan Gosling hunting down the graphic designer who used the font you designed, Papyrus, for the marketing materials and the title screen of the hit movie Avatar. But Saturday Night Live, it seems, has thrust you into the spotlight. Yeah, I know. It was, it was a lot of fun, though. I, I had no idea... <laughs> I essentially woke up to it, you know, my phone was lit up, uh, friends were telling me, hey, did you see that Saturday Night Live sketch? Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I, I, I watched it, my wife and I cracked up, and uh, um, I understand the whole thing. It's this kind of thing has been going on for over, for decades, it seems like. It's either love it or you hate the font papyrus, but it was really a, a fun sketch. Well, I do wonder if the analysis that I'm reading and seeing on TV gets at least partially wrong. It seems to me that Gosling's obsession in the skit isn't over the artistic merits of the font itself, but of the ubiquity of it and how a professional designer on a big budget film could just get away with pulling a font from a drop-down box on a word processor. Well, I think there's, a, there's an underlying uh, criticism of the font that's been going on for years. And then Lately, with the whole Avatar thing, I mean, this this again kind of resurfaced. Uh, initially, back in '09 or, or 2010, when the movie came out, there was another kind of a, a surge of, you know, what are they just? This is a blockbuster movie. Why are they just using a, a default, you know, drop-down menu a text item from a menu without actually designing a real logo? So yeah, it's a little bit of both, and it's just the fact that they chose Papyrus for a logo and didn't do any editing or anything at least noticeable, um, I think is what caused a lot of uh, stir, especially among graphic designers. Well, what was your take on Avatar using your font? I, I felt the same way, <clears throat> I think, as a designer. I mean, I think it looked okay, but I think they probably could have been a little more creative with it. Um, yeah, and I, I, went, I saw the movie. I thought the movie was great. It was a lot of fun. Uh, they also used uh, all the alien subtitles were were done in papyrus, um, but um, yeah, it, I, I understand where designers are coming from. It seems like they could have probably made more of a creative uh, choice of the font, um, but you know, there you go. It's what's done is done. <laughs> One of the things you know that beyond this issue, I wanted to talk to you about 
was the use of fonts on coins. When it comes to coin design, and that, that typography is underappreciated. Yet, I think it's absolutely vital to the craft. For US coins, we are now marrying hand-drawn art and sometimes computer-drawn art with computer-generated text. And I think that it greatly reduces the impact of the sculpt. Hand-drawn fonts recall a human interaction with the language, with engraving tools, and are a fundamental part of the artwork. They are definitionally imperfect. Whereas computer-generated text becomes uniform across multiple coin designs. And to me, that makes its non-humanness even more apparent. Are you with me on this? Yeah, um, I mean, actually, I do. I, I agree. Um, I, mean, I feel like as a, as a um, designer for the U.S. Mint, um, we do have the opportunity uh, to hand, letter some, uh, hand, hand do, hand draw the lettering. Um, <clears throat> but that's a, it's almost like a lost art, a lost skill. I mean, a lot of uh, today's illustrators and designers don't really have the uh, hand lettering background. Um, when you look at some of the uh, sculpts that were done by, um, you know, the masters from the mid 20th century, early 20th century, uh, St. Gaudens and Fraser, um, Wyman, they, they actually did their fonts. Their, well, they weren't called fonts. They were basically their typography, their type, was all executed by hand um, as a just a perfect balance to the composition of the, of the piece as a whole. Uh, I went up to the um, St. Gaudens uh, Memorial site up in New Hampshire, and I was just amazed. I, I was just uh, I, I loved I, the, the examples of some of his typography work up there, and some of his sculptures were just uh, phenomenal. He 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 executes type excellently, um, just so well done, well drawn figures, a lot of thought put into it. Um, today, yeah, it's because we have um, uh, a lot of these fonts available to us. I mean, yeah, hundreds, thousands of fonts on the computer. I, I, I don't think, I mean, there could be more attention paid to um, uh, typography from the coin designer perspective. Um, sometimes I feel some, some of the designs I've seen, maybe they've been a little, um, the type is an afterthought. Uh, it's not some some of the uh, inscriptions maybe are not placed properly. Or there's there's a, a weird balance between uh, positive and negative space. Um, I, you know, I would I I would just hope that you know more designers would would uh, consider the typography as a major part of the composition and uh, give it the attention that it needs, rather than kind of an afterthought from a, a fabulous. Uh, you know, drawing of a figure. So I was at the Mint Forum last week, and actually because the CCAC was also meeting last week in Washington, I was able to meet up with Jeannie Stephen Solomon and Eric Jansen, uh, two of the members of the CCAC. I was championing this idea of hand-drawn text to them, knowing that you and I would later meet up to have this conversation. And I asked them why they approve designs that have computer-generated fonts. I asked them to imagine the absolute abomination that would be a peace dollar executed with computer text. And they both looked at me aghast at the thought of such a thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, again, the peace dollar, uh, the walking liberty has a lot of the, the beautiful um, kind of American Renaissance coin designs. Uh, those fonts were just so well executed. And it literally, I mean, designed, I think, uh, custom for 
each of the coins. And it tell it shows. It's just there's there's such a continuity of the design. Uh, it's just beautiful. I love the, the typography of the early 20th century um, artists. How rewarding has it been for you personally and professionally to participate in the U.S. Mint's Artist Infusion Program? And how is designing coins different than any other design work that you have been involved with? Uh, first of all, it's been a fantastic experience. I've, uh, I've been with the uh, AIP program since 2010. Um, I, and actually, it was uh, my second attempt to um, to get get on with the with the group. Uh, I, I applied back in 2004 and, and didn't get in. Um, but I think you know my work has improved over that period to finally make it in uh, 2010. Um, <clears throat> it was a rough start for me because I didn't really know a lot about coin design, except I mean I've been a coin collector and I've def def definitely been fascinated with the. Uh, the subjects and the uh, just the the concepts and the history behind uh, coins in general, um, but it was it was hard. I think the best thing that really w worked with, for me was when I got a chance to work with John Mercanti, who uh, is now retired. But he was um, he retired the year that I came on. Unfortunately, I think for me, great for him, but I, I really missed working with him. He had uh, directed me in such a way I felt like he was just this awesome one of my <laughs> One of my best art teachers from uh, from college. Uh, he was very he was critical in a good way. He he told me that uh, one of the things I'll never forget. He said uh, this uh, job or this this being a part of this group designing for the for the U.S. Mint is going to be the most challenging part of your career uh, because of the demands um, and because of the very specific um, requirements of coin design. Um, and it took me a couple of years to get my first coin out there. I, I did a number of pieces that, I mean, I think was more like on-the-job training because I didn't really get a lot of, or any um, kind of uh, studio training uh, that I think the original group of AIP artists had. So it was more on-the-job. On but uh, I think by 2013, my first um, coin design that was uh, was accepted was the Girl Scout Silver Dollar, the commemorative Silver Dollar, um, which I was excited about. Um, but um, it was very kind of futuristic and kind of modern looking, and the CCAC really loved the, the approach. Um, but I was really, it was more of a, a good an enhancement of an existing design. It was the, the Trifoil uh, Girl Scout logo, which I wanted to try to really make make it different, not just the logo on the back of a, of a coin. So, um, but um, later that year, I also got a first spouse uh, design selected. Uh, and in 2014, I got a uh, America the Beautiful Quarter selected, and I think I began to kind of crack the code, sort of. I think trying to figure out what what worked and what didn't. Um, it's great working with with Don Everhard, Joe Mena, uh, as as uh, they were kind of directing me through some of the um, uh, the, the challenges um, and the edits. So it's been amazing, and I think I've finally. I, I've, I've done a number of different coins each year since then. I, I really love it as an artist. I can't imagine anything better than to have your artwork immortalized uh, on a gold or silver piece for you know history for uh, for uh, the future and beyond. So it's been it's been awesome. I think one of your finest designs, if I may, uh, was the recently released eagle that serves as the reverse of the 225th anniversary gold coin that came out this year. I think it's an aggressive design 
And it's definitely a different look for our national bird. So very well done. Yeah, that um, I kind of another like little dream of mine was I would have I'd love I'd, I always wanted to design an eagle for United States coin. You know, it just seemed like a classic, iconic American uh, thing for our currency. Um, and with this opportunity, and again, I, I designed other eagles in the past. Uh, they weren't as uh, successful. Uh, but this one, I wanted to try something totally different. <clears throat> a lot of the um, eagle designs uh, historically um, on U.S. coins were fairly stoic and fairly two-dimensional. Um, they began to expand a little bit more. A little bit more life kind of came in uh, at the early 20th century um, with the you know the, the perched eagles and the uh, um, flying eagles. But I, I, looking through the past designs, I've never seen an eagle with its wings down. And there's so, there was so much power in that. I saw. Uh, my research over uh, just looking at images of eagles in flight, uh, there's something about the, the, the wings down that I wanted to try to, to, to work on and try to develop um, because, first of all, it hadn't been done before. It was something new. And uh, I think there's just a beauty in it. Uh, just the, um, again, the feathers of an eagle, the bird of prey, just the idea of it going in for like an attack or, or it's, it's powerful. It just kind of shows a lot of motion. Um, uh, so, and I think it was an exciting exploration. I figured I just wanted to do something different and see where it goes. And it turned out that uh, it was well, well received. And I was very happy that it got selected. One of the things I like about it is its simplicity and purity. Obviously, the detail on the bird goes from tiny representations of feathers to these giant, majestic feathers at the wingtips. But looking beyond the intricate detail you put on the design, when compared to other coins that we've seen recently, your design strips away all unnecessary detail and allows the motif to stand out without the clutter of environment or background. And this runs counter to many things that we are seeing in coins these days, either due to congressional specificity on coinage acts or the nature of the coins themselves, like the America the Beautiful Quarters, for instance, which ask artists to portray wide, expansive national parks on a tiny canvas of a quarter. So much of the impact, I think, of sculpture gets lost when artists try to or ask to do too much. And your design for the 225th gold coin doesn't have to go there. The design just captures the imagination and, and, and stirs emotion because of its simplicity. Yeah, um, well, I, I definitely uh, take heed the advice and the, the, the comments of the CCSC members. Uh, we were privy to those meetings now, which is really great. And uh, for as long as I can remember, they've been really pushing for um, simple compositions understanding that they're a small palette. Uh, I know there's a, a little bit of a struggle with some of the um, approaches to the National Park uh, of the America the Beautiful coins, the whole postcard thing they're, they're not into. But um, but I think there's there's several, um, and there are ways to approach the, the America the Beautiful program uh, with, you know, working with you know the, the vastness of some of these national parks, I think uh, our challenge is to to really kind of break it down into something symbolic or or something iconic 
that represents uh, just a, an instant representation of the park, not necessarily a, a panoramic view of the park. It seems like uh, in the beginning of the the, the, AT, the ATB program, that was what was happening. There were, there were just kind of postcard snapshots of uh, the vastness of a park suite down to a quarter size. I, I think as I explored, as I noticed some of the comments on early designs, and then I got the opportunity to work on some as well, uh, that was my attempt is to really try to break it down to easily recognizable, iconic imagery that people could say, oh, you know, that's that park or that park, um, and it's not too much information. Um, and also with the uh, the eagle design, I definitely didn't want to put anything in the background. I wanted to keep it simple. I, there, I know they were going for a modern, uh, um, you know, 21st century look. Uh, a modern depiction of liberty. I also submitted a, a liberty design uh, for the obverse to balance the, the reverse um, idea. Um, and again, it, that too was more of a simple, simple design, similar to what was selected in that uh, there was a gray, a really nice balance between the portrait and that beautiful negative space, which in the high relief you get to see the bowl kind of effect and the, um, the curvature of the coin is, is very apparent. Um, but as far as my design philosophy with coins, I'm, I'm trying to, to stay 21st century. I'm trying to uh, be iconic uh, in the approach uh, of uh, the themes and the uh, execution of the subject, trying to keep it simple, trying to uh, keep it balanced, and definitely trying to integrate topography um, in the best way that I can, even though it's, it's, it is some computer-generated fonts. Uh, I'm looking for the opportunity to be able to hand draw some of these fonts, but uh, sometimes the, the deadlines, the, the time frames don't allow us to uh, to focus on much hand lettering. So. Do you read numismatic or other press related to your coins when they come out? I know uh, some artists are not comfortable in dealing with this space. Others are. And, uh, you know, I can understand both positions. So I guess what I'm really asking is, are you interested at all in the feedback from collectors or numismatists about your work? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I, I'm I'm all over the news, uh, the Coin World, Coin Week, uh, Numismatic News, Mint News blog. I see, you know, Dennis Tucker uh, posts uh, work there. Um, some of the other authors. You, as I've followed some of your interviews uh, and your articles as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get as much information as I can as a coin collector as well, because I'm fascinated on that level. But also just to check out the blogs and the communities um, online that uh, you know where I can get some feedback as to what people think. I'm, I'm definitely into the commentary, negative and positive, um, and uh, just seeing where things are at. Did you follow it all the way the uh, 225th anniversary coin was received in particular? You know, if you would have gone on to Facebook or, or any of the Internet sites that allow public comment, uh, there seemed to be a, a vocal minority of aggrieved people who felt offended and shocked that the U.S. Mint would dare promote a representation of liberty, this fictional, allegorical goddess, as something other than the white representation that we're used to. I, I know we live in a political climate now where people have their hackles raised because they think anything that doesn't comport to their idea of the way things should be is like a personal attack on them. And I think, you know, the Harriet Tubman $20 bill, uh, when that comes to pass, I think will be, again, ground zero for this culture war, as the idea for that 
redesign was born after a demonization of Andrew Jackson. But this coin and the conversation surrounding it is illuminating for me uh, because I feel that the Mint has two options, you know, either continue unimpeded to put out more egalitarian representations of America and Americans, or to run away from programs like this because of an outspoken minority of people uh, and then embolden them to believe that only their view is politically correct and only their tastes and representation of American ideals should be catered to. Yeah. Well, I think it's definitely, it was a bold move. Uh, and I think it was a, a great move on the part of the men to, uh, to do this because this is our country today. Um, you know, a hundred years ago, maybe not so much. Um, but it's definitely a diverse, uh, growing, changing, uh, population of, of people. And I think it's, uh, it's uh, honorable uh, to have each um, ethnic group represented. Uh, I think um, it's the, there's the idea of uh, pursu pursuing other designs in the Liberty series. Uh, I believe they're still going to be uh, featuring um, different uh, other groups that uh, represent America with their portraits as well. Um, but I think it's a beautiful coin. Uh, I think Justin Kunz did an amazing job on it. Uh, I just love hear, hearing the story about it. He gave us a little bit of a backstory at one of our the, the most recent uh, AIP symposium, which is really cool. Um, I love the design; it's very classic, but yet yeah, it is it is a modern got a modern theme. Um, and yeah, I think you're going to get the backlash, uh, maybe especially from the the uh, the majority, uh, maybe of the, the demographic, the coin collectors these days. Uh, you know, they're I mean, I would say older, um, you know, probably the, the 1950s, 1960s generation. Uh, it's probably a little bit of that um, culture still, still there, still in the minds. And I think maybe there are a lot of coin collectors probably, I think, I think look too much to the past. I mean, for some of these, you know, the Morgan designs, the, the Barber designs. I mean, I, as a collector, I love them. Uh, and I have a collection of of the, those pieces, but uh, I, I, it might be difficult for people to just kind of uh, understand that we're not in the year 19 or 1895 anymore. I mean, it's, you know, it's almost 2020. Um, there's room for some progressive designs. Um, even more so, even today, I think we can get go even further and pro progressive themes as well. Um, so I think the men's doing a, gr a great job, and I just, it's a great idea to be able to pursue some different things and break away from the tradition, you know. So, and I think that the probably the old timers might have a little bit of a hard time with that. You know, I agree totally, and and I would say to that collector who can't come to terms with the fact that some coins get struck by the U.S. Mint that you don't like or really don't care for the design, the simple answer really is to move on. Collect the things you like. Don't collect the things you don't like. There's nothing wrong with that approach. As far as coin design goes, what is your personal process for taking on a project? What is the time frame that's involved from getting the specifications of a coin from the mint to doing your own research, sketching out ideas, all the way to actually finishing the piece? Um, there's each 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 program, each coin program has its own uh, specific challenges. Um, uh, I think I've, over time it's gotten a little, I would say, quote, easier for me as than when I first started. I, I had very little, you know, I, very little 
of an idea of where I needed to go, how I needed to approach it. I think over time, uh, as I uh, submitted more designs, I got used to the process. I think I've submitted almost 40 uh, designs for the 40 different programs at this point. Um, and uh, I've kind of streamlined my process. I've figured out ways to, to do things better but uh, and quicker. But generally, the Mint gives us uh, maybe six to eight weeks to do a, a program. In some cases, I've been called to do uh, some kind of emergency uh, uh, projects, maybe a, a two-week deadline. They need some some additional designs to beef up a portfolio, or um, you know, just wanted some some other insights. Uh, but generally, we get we get a good amount of time. I think it's fair, fair enough amount of time to work on it. Uh, we get creative briefs that uh, are some are very specific and some are very open. Um, I think as the artists probably might agree, the open ones are probably the more uh, exciting, more challenging. Um, but uh, a lot of, um, again, with the development and I think the changes at the Mint as well, they've given us a lot more uh, creative flexibility, a lot more options to come up with uh, our own unique and original designs. Um, my sketches, um, and the Mint used to review our sketches before we go to final, and there was a period, I think it was maybe 2013 or so, where they decided, let's eliminate the sketch the draft period unless you, you, you guys come up with the, the ideas. You guys give us the finals. You guys give us the vision of how you see this should work. And that was that was a turning point for me, I think. Uh, it was I wasn't really um, having to kind of answer to art direction along the way. Uh, I, I was kind of able to conceive my own vision and bring it to fruition. And I think that's, that's what an artist appreciates. And I think that's what the men appreciates, too. They want to see the artist's vision. So I started with my own sketches, piles of, of uh, research first is, is gone into it. I mean, uh, I do a lot of uh, research online, um, uh, libraries, whatever, getting photography, getting uh, the history down, the message, even the, the, the narrative, um, trying to get all, the, all that together. Um, and in many cases, uh, if it requires, requires modeling, uh, or models. Uh, I get my family involved. Uh, I've modeled for several coins. Uh, my my daughters, my wife have also modeled. Uh, we got to create original um, portrait portrait illustration, original um, uh, figure compositions. So a lot of uh, a lot of that comes from original photography that we pull together, and I schedule that accordingly because uh, that is kind of time consuming. Just rifling through the right photos to get the right um, images uh, to work with uh, to, to build uh, our drawing portfolio from. Um, and that takes probably um, a good amount of the time. The research, the sketching, the going over, design concepts, scratching stuff, starting over. So that's, that, I would say that's probably the first month. Um, uh, of that, that's the whole concept thing. It probably takes about a month. Uh, I would say I could usually give myself, as part of the process, uh, two weeks not to do anything but think and visualize a sketch in my head. And then I'll start uh, doing, um, once I get conceived some uh, idea of the composition that I have in my head, I will begin to sketch it out on paper. And then it takes about, um, I'd say probably maybe about a week uh, or two uh, for the final uh, artwork. And again, I'm talking about, for me, I, I work full-time as a graphic designer, so my coin design is done at nights or weekends or other other time that I can pull together to make it happen. So um, 
you know, I'd say maybe a, a finished drawing may take me about uh, anywhere from six to ten hours uh, from start to finish. And again, the sketches take a lot longer. And, and you're doing this by hand. You're not you're not drawing on the computer. Or? No, it's all by hand. So I use a specific uh, several different pencil weights on on paper. Um, and I love that too because again I work on the computer. I do graphic design and animation, uh, web design. Uh, during the day, uh, as a as a senior graphic designer, so I look forward to just turning away from the computer uh, any opportunity I get and just go into this studio and just work with some old school um, techniques and materials, uh, paper and pencil. Uh, in some cases, I'll do some ink renderings if if needed. Um, but all of that is is finalized uh, on the the drawing board before uh, I scan everything in and then begin to convert it uh, digitally. And there's there's changes, there's edits that I make in Photoshop uh, with the imagery, um, and then the topography is done in, in InDesign. Uh, I, I work with a number of different Adobe products, um, Photoshop, Illustrator, InDesign, to ultimately produce the um, the, the, uh, the the images that will be reviewed by the CFA and the CCAC. How brutal is the process of having the CFA and the CCAC look at your art and take it apart. It does seem to me that there is a rule with the CCAC that the design that they spend the most time criticizing tends to be the one they may ultimately select. <laughs> um, it's brutal, yeah, but I think it's good um, because when I first started with the Mint, uh, the even before it got to the committees, uh, the critique was brutal coming from the uh, the engravers, which I appreciated. Um, you know, because they wanted excellent work, they wanted the best work, and uh, they, they they weren't accepting anything less than that. And again, this is John McCanty taking the lead with me. Uh, I mean, I saved all of his emails and all of his critiques because, I mean, I he's I really appreciated his his input, his his hard uh, uh, critique of my work ultimately got me to the place where one of his emails said, looks great, perfect, awesome. You know, he find, I finally pleased uh, the man, you know. <laughs> um, so um, now a lot of that process, I mean, still it happened under um, uh, Don Everhart as well after after John left. But it wasn't so much. I think uh, Don, I think by the time, well, at least with my experience, uh, by the time uh, Don started reviewing more of my work, I got a little bit of a handle on, on what was expected, um, and he was very pretty much happy with with my work. Uh, it just provided more s suggestions uh, from his part, not necessarily um, uh, changes I needed to make. But I respected his insights as a as an experienced engraver with the man. That a lot of his suggestions I would I would tend to go with. Um, as far as the committee. Uh, critique. Uh, it was it was hard at first um, because it was so brutal. Um, some of the first uh, go arounds of my my design submissions were like, wow, this is a tough crowd here. But um, uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of used to the critique just in my own business as a, as a designer. I, I get that with clients uh, all the time. I try to um, you know give them what they need. And I think I've been able to. To read uh, what people are looking for as far as designs. I mean, I've been doing this for over 30 years, so I think I'm getting a handle of it. And I just 
in the last couple of years gotten a handle onto what I think the uh, the U.S. Mint and the uh, the coin committees are looking for with coin designs. Uh, I've also got the critique thing when I was in college. I mean, I'm, I'm used to it. To be a great artist, I feel like uh, uh, any great artist has uh, mentors, has people that are really you know challenging them to 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 bring it up to the next level, to really take it higher. And that's why I respect the all of the artists that work at the Mint that weigh in on the uh, uh, critiquing and the uh, the committees, uh, especially the artists on the CCAC, um, that um, you know bring their artistic insight into it. Uh, not so much from a collector's point of view, but from a from a medallic artist's point of view, like Heidi uh, Wasweet. Um, I appreciate her her comments. A lot of which are are um, um, they're tough. But when when you really nail it with her, when when she appreciates the design, you know you've done something. I feel. <laughs> um, so um, I, I I appreciate the critique. I actually uh, look for it. I, I kind of uh, I listen in on these meetings and I, I take uh, take everything that's said seriously and I use it to uh, better my uh, design approach for the next project. So it's it's really much appreciated, honestly, at this point in my career. Well, you know, I, I think that the men is in need for a program to replace the presidential dollar coin series. And one of the bills that's being considered in Congress will authorize the Mint to create a multi-year dollar program honoring American inventions. So, you know, if that comes to pass, I hope we can finally get the uh, Floby and Roomba dollar coins we deserve. And if so, I, I look forward to seeing the different candidate designs. Uh, that you and your uh, colleagues will make for these momentous American <laughs> innovations. That would be uh, a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Chris. Thanks for joining me on the Coin Week podcast. Oh, wonderful! I was very, uh, very happy to uh, have this talk with you. I appreciate it. Thanks very much. Great. Take care. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your friends. And remember, you can download all 82 episodes of the Queen Week podcast for free from the iTunes store or stream them online on queenweek.com. I'm editor Charles Morgan. Until next time, happy collecting.